Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. First, let me just say this. The, uh, the reaction to the last two shows regarding Little League Baseball well, it clearly, those shows clearly made people sit up and take notice and, and started to ask hard questions. Now, sure, these are just uh, little uh, 11 and 12-year-olds you know, chasing their dreams of glory. But as listeners have pointed out to me, the, these youngsters are, are playing on national and international television. Their parents and families have come from faraway homes to cheer them on in the stands. And all these Little League games, well, they're being run by grown-up coaches, umpires, and Little League officials. And each day when I, when I go to check my email on AskCoachWolf.com, I, I keep seeing lots of complaints about Little League. There are questions which focused on why the umpiring in these games is so uneven, especially with the balls and strikes that are being called. And look, the umpires are all volunteers, uh, and, but fans ask, why are pitches that are so far off the plate being called strikes? And as some listeners write in and ask, well, if Little League is using volunteers and they're proud of it, but well, why not just use professional umpires, uh, umpires who do work high school and college games? Hire them. Again, I don't have any answers for that. But Little League just likes to remind us all that these are all volunteers. I, I'm not really quite sure that's the, the appropriate response. Now, again, except for those people whose full-time jobs in Williamsport at Little League, well, they certainly get paid. And, and from what I gather, those folks, they're, they're compensated pretty well. <laughs> but of course, you know, we just don't know all the answers to this. Uh, and again, after we go through the middle of and the today, of course, is a championship game between national and international. There, there's still the unresolved issue of why the umpires in that Oregon-Washington State game relied so much on the video replay regarding a fair or foul ball without really giving a hoot about the losing team that merely relied on the umpire's call. I mean, I keep, I keep waiting for the Little League to issue some sort of formal apologies for that terrible mistake. And again, for an organization that takes such great pride in sportsmanship, it just seems so odd and jarring that they didn't show any sense of sportsmanship at all, having, you know, regarding that quote-unquote losing team from Bend, Oregon. 
By the way, curiously, the same kind of play happened just last night in the Mets game, uh, but with a key difference. In that game against the Rockies, the third base ump, he first raised his hands to signal foul. But then he immediately, immediately pointed over and over and over again that the ball was, in fact, fair. And in fact, he corrected himself within a split second. So the double by, uh, by the Mets' Kanye, well, that stood. But the Rockies clearly relaxed the play for a split second. But again, the difference was the umpire corrected himself right away and said, no, no, it's a fair ball, fair ball, fair ball. I don't know, folks. Look, I love Little League Baseball just as you do. And I've been watching Little League Baseball for decades. And in my opinion, they, I have to tell you, they just make me scratch my head a lot when it comes to doing the right thing and getting things done the right way. Friends, I, I think the question needs to be asked. Why does no one ever hold Little League accountable for some of their questionable actions, policies, and decisions? And sure, these are kids. But, you know, I have to ask you, yeah, in this day and age, and again, we'll get to entitlement shortly, but when do they, some of these pre-pubescent Little League stars in Little League, you know, when do they start to demand their fair share of NIL money? Or demand that they, they should share in the TV revenue that ESPN pays Little League. That's right. Aren't they entitled? Again, this is what we're talking about today. And I, I think this is, this is exactly where we are. All right. 877-337-6666. But I have to tell you, this, this, I want to talk about entitlement today. But again, this all boils down to how things have changed over the years. And I've become increasingly worried. And I'm wondering if you've noticed this happening in your world of youth sports as well. It's almost as though the boundary lines have gradually moved. They've shifted. And they've shifted substantially in our own lifetimes. And I do wonder how this is all going to influence our kids, even our grandchildren, in the way in which they go about playing and competing in sports. So I mean, when I talk about entitlement, what does that mean? What are the telltale signs? Well, let's just start with a basic one. Quote, if, um, if I'm a volunteer with a youth team and I'm serving as the head coach and I'm giving my time and my energy without any kind of compensation, then certainly shouldn't I be allowed to give my own youngster a little break here or there? Translation, if I'm the head coach, then my kid is entitled certainly to more playing time than the other kids. My youngster is allowed to play the position that he or she wants, or my kid's going to be the team captain or have their choice of what uniform number they want. Or at best yet, I think my kid is entitled to be on the all-star team. That's where it all begins these days with entitlement in youth sports. And coaches and parents feel that somehow that they or their kids are entitled to be treated a little more fairly and the other kids. Of course, that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's as though parents who volunteer are not aware of the definition of the word volunteer, which means, quite frankly, to give one of times freely with no expectation of compensation or benefits or perks or anything. But again, that definition of volunteer has somehow been tarnished and it's lost along the way. Look, if you volunteer... And you're giving of your time freely as a coach or as an assistant coach. You have to treat all the kids on the team in the very same way. You cannot show any kind of favoritism or nepotism to your own child. And that's the way it's supposed to be. But the issue is that the way in which you treat our kids 
our athletes and basically perhaps unintentionally, we then, in effect, teach them on how to expect entitlements as they go through their own sports career. In a way, this goes back to the mentality that everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> you sign up to play in the youth league, you're going to get a trophy. But perhaps in our, in, I don't know, in our deep desire to want to make sure that our kids succeed in sports, well, we're going to do whatever we can to ensure that they do succeed. That is, there's a sort of a psychological and subtle undercurrent of entitlement that one has just given a break or an advantage without ever really earning that advantage. All right, let me, let me, let me put this in perspective, and I'll get to your calls, of course, shortly. Let me give you an example to try and try to illustrate what I mean of how entitlement has changed over the years. <laughs> You'll know the story, but it's one worth bringing up this morning. In the early 1970s, so we're going back, you know, a long time, Bill Walton was a bona fide superstar center at UCLA. And during those raucous days of college students and protest about the Vietnam War, well, Walton decided that he wanted to let his hair grow long and to grow a beard, which was, quite frankly, in direct violation of Coach John Wooden's team directives for all the players on the UCLA basketball team to be clean-cut, their haircuts uh, could be no longer than two inches in length, and, and they had to be shaven, well, uh, cleanly shaven. That is, from Wooden's perspective, these were UCLA basketball players, and they needed to be presentable. But Bill Walton, however, told Wooden, told the coach that, you know, coach, you always emphasize to us that, that players should live their lives independently. And they need to have the freedom to make their own individual choices in life. So when Wooden sat down with Walton to talk about, you know, Walton's long hair issue, the conversation went something like this. Coach Wooden definitely told Bill he very much supported his desire to make his own important decisions in life. And the coach made it clear that if Bill felt that strongly about having long hair and a beard, well, Coach Wooden very much supported his decision and his personal commitment to his principles. <laughs> there was a pause in the conversation, and Bill Walton clearly felt vindicated. He felt that, well, he'd made his point and it won. But then Coach Wooden quietly added, of course, Bill, you should know we're going to miss you not being on the basketball team. <laughs> In short, Bill got the point. Coach Wooden believed in personal decisions, but there was not going to be any sense of entitlement for his All-American center to get some sort of special treatment if he still wanted to play basketball at UCLA. So Bill got his hair cut and his shave so he could remain on the team. He was fully accepting of Coach Wooden's reaction. Okay, that's what I'm getting at, because obviously things have changed since back in the day with Coach Wooden and Bill Walton, and how things went back in the, in the 1970s. When I come back from the break, I want to talk about this with you because I want to know how you feel about entitlement in sports this year. And, of course, if you want to talk about Little League as well, uh, I'll be glad to talk about that with you as well. 877-337-6666. When I return, 
We'll go right to the calls. Stay with me. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on the Spets Sports Edge, uh, we're talking this morning about young athletes today and how the lines have shifted when it comes to athletes who feel entitled. And, you know, I just mentioned, of course, that classic story about Bill Walton and, and uh, Coach John Wooden. Now, have things changed since then? Well, let's see here. How about um, Kevin Durant? He admittedly, of course, is one of the NBA's premier players. Does that give him, is he entitled to tell the owner of the Nets that he demands to be traded unless the owner fires the head coach and general manager? Hmm, I'm not trying to pick on Kevin Durant. And I know that he's trying, now trying to work something out with ownership. But my point is, look how the world of sports has changed when it comes to this concept of entitlement. Uh, another example, college athletes in the Big Ten celebrated the recent announcement that a $7 billion TV contract has been signed. And the athletes are saying, okay, yes, we get athletic scholarships, so we don't have to pay tuition or room or board uh, or go into debt. And uh, last year, we got the right with NIL deals. So now with all this $7 billion contract uh, in play, how much money will the Big Ten now give us to share with us as the athletes? We're entitled to that, too. Or 
I don't know, uh, how about a major league pitcher who gets paid millions of dollars to perform who decides in the middle of the season to get a tattoo on his leg, which then becomes infected, places him on the I.L.? Is that entitlement? Does he still get paid for being on the I.L., for getting a personal tattoo? Here's the problem, friends. Parents and coaches, our current young athletes, watch all of this, and they just naturally assume this is appropriate behavior. They're entitled to all this and much more. So you have to ask yourself, how do we get to this mess, and, and is this the right way? And, you know, what do you think, for example, would Coach Wooden think of all this? All right, 877-337-6666. Let's start with uh, Ed Ward over in Jersey. Ed, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good, and how are you? Well, that was the greatest one, or all this Chapman on the DL that that's something new in my coaching career. So I, when I start fall baseball, I may have to implement that to my players. <laughs> but um, the biggest thing that that it's really the sense of entitlement, and it, it's it's beyond little league and all that, is the transfer portal in all sports. Of course, uh, you know it's amazing. You could just leave a school, and you could be a three year starter, leave the school, and then transfer to another school without sitting out and go play somewhere else. It's, that- it's, that's ex- it's amazing how that's happened. And just to give an example, college baseball this year, on all levels, there were 3,400 kids that went into the transfer portal just, just, to, just to go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you're talking about not, not sticking with guidelines that were effective in the past. It's like unbelievable. And, you know, it's ironic, too, even, even like in a sense of entitlement. Eighth graders now going into their freshman year are, are committing, committing into, into colleges. It's, it's it's getting out of control. This sense of entitlement stuff, stuff's got to be changed, or else it's going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. Well, Ed, I I mean that's uh, you picked out two pretty good examples there. Yeah, the transfer portal is all about. Well, I am. Um... I'm happy. Uh, I'm not happy where I am, so I'm gonna go transfer someplace else. I'm entitled to do that, and that is now the law. You can do that. Kids in seventh, eighth grade. You know, we've known for some years now that they they'll get some attention from very ambitious or aggressive college coaches, and the next thing you know, the kid says, "I'm gonna sign a letter of uh, commitment in eighth grade," and then's gonna expect the high school coaching staff or the travel team coaches to treat the kid like uh, he or she is something really unique and special. It's all part of that that. That, that cultural mindset of I'm entitled. I mean, the fact is, we somehow, uh, Ed, thank you as always for the call. Have uh, a great day. You too. But you know, we've gotten to a point in our society with our athletes, um, and I understand that you know, money now is, is, into the, is, is worth millions and billions of dollars, but we somehow want our kids to earn this stuff. We want them to earn uh, their, their place and uh, a sense of entitlement if that's the next step. And, um, yeah, it's going to be hard to turn this back. That's for darn sure. Let's uh, continue with our calls. Let's go to... Uh, Let's go to Jonathan, uh, who's somewhere on Route 80. Hey, Jonathan, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Mr. Wolf. Uh, always a pleasure to listen to your show. You have a lot of stimulating topics, and uh, it's a good dimension away from just covering the day-to-day baseball or sports activity. Yes, so, uh, thank you. And very well done. Very well done, I have to say. Very professional. Um, I had two prongs, two things, hopefully, you let me talk about. One, I'm going to go right back to what you were saying with the entitlement. I think... Clearly, part of that is in, in our society and how uh, those kind of values that Wooden was trying to administer and train young men in college uh, to understand and to adopt uh, 
to help them have better lives and treat people better. That's degraded quite a bit from players who, who've come out and gotten a lot of limelight, uh, not just players, but politicians in our society, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, have just kind of come out and have been anti-standard, anti-tradition, anti-values. The, the guy that used to play for the Bulls that had his body all marked up with all those symbols and things, he was certainly a big push for those kind of tattoos to be like commonplace. I mean, and he got a lot of press and people caught on with it, but uh, we don't have the respect for coaches. We don't have the respect for officials. Uh, officials, I mean, I mean, officials who uh, umpire or referee, they don't have respect all the time for others as well, because they certainly feel they have power in their hands. And, and all these things lead to the players who are demanding to some owner, Hey, if you want me to, uh, score points on this team, get rid of the coach. And it just bleeds downhill and right. follows it in the Little League. I mean, just like everything else, when players have certain equipment that we think looks cool or is good, we get it even though we're like in sixth or seventh grade, you know? Well, uh, Jonathan, I think I think you are you make some sense here, and that's exactly what I'm trying to, to hammer, that the, 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 the equilibrium, if you will, has changed. There was a time where the, the, the athlete, the young athlete said, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can to – impress the coach and do what the coach wants to maybe the coach will see and recognize I have some ability my talent I have some effort involved these days it's at the point now where the kids sort of say to the coach well you know I'm really a talent if you want me to play for you then you better do things the way I want them done <laughs> and that's right. that that sort of that that destroys any kind of sense of uh, uh, equilibrium the the coach's uh, sense of power to, con- to control the team and to decide who's going to play and who's not going to play that is a real concern and again as you said it sort of begins to filter down obviously from the professional ranks and it goes right through college and it goes right through high school club teams travel teams into youth leagues because that's the way kids and kids, let's face it, kids are pretty smart and sophisticated these days. Uh, they see all this stuff on social media. They know what's going on. That's a problem. So Right. And a, lot, a lot of these things sort of um, condone it in, in a certain way that, that makes it seem like I'm doing nothing wrong. I'm just doing what others are doing. I'm doing Correct. what these bigger guys are doing who should know better. But we, we do know that professional athletes who come through a system uh, – have been coddled and pampered uh, way too much than, let's say, rolling it back to when Mickey Mantle played. Even though they got away with stuff and was covered for things not being in the press, but and so they 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 feel like they can do anything. And so when sometimes when their pro careers end, they're sort of just lost. They they have nowhere to go, and it all feeds back, like you said, until this this entitlement that I'm owed this, I'm, I'm I should be given this, and. Uh, I have no accountability for what's asked of me. And that's, that is very disturbing because when it bleeds as far down as it is now and these handheld computers, they can call them phones all they want, but the phone is just one little function. When, they, when it's all over that and we have little uh, uh, oversight and little censorship with our children's input because that phone's in their pocket and it's it's a big deal. Well, I, you know, John, let me, let me, let me, let me stop you there because I have to get some more callers here. But I, I mean, this is a concern, and I think uh, it has to do with peer pressure. A lot has to do with uh, all these changes happening in a hurry. And the kids are watching and saying, well, I guess I should step up and be entitled as well. Jonathan, thank you for your, your, your thoughts this morning. Let's move on to um, 
Let's go to uh, Coach uh, Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn. Hey, Coach, uh, this is a topic you and I have, have talked about on occasion with entitlement, and clearly with your 40 years of coaching, you've seen a lot of changes as well. well I, I certainly have, Rick, and, and happy Sunday here. Um, you, you know, first of all, the Little League thing, real quick, they're never going to – they're entitled. They have power, so they're never going to apologize. You can forget about that ever happening. Um Entitlement, you know, it, it's it's when somebody expects something to be given to them when they don't earn it. And in, in athletics, most of the time, that is about playing time. Um, I have a real quick story that might explain a little bit more about this. I had a girl that was a backup pitcher to in the 90s, a backup pitcher to my starting pitcher. And she served her time. She was loyal to the program, and she did everything she had to do. And because of that, I was loyal to her by getting her some playing time, getting her some innings pitched, getting her at-bats and things like that. Well, when, when my senior graduated, this, child, this, this athlete and her parents thought, that she was entitled to be the starting pitcher the following year. But what I did is I knew that there was a girl coming up in the ranks, uh, uh, a junior that has been taking pitching lessons for almost 10 years, and this kid was a, was a dynamo. And I said to my senior, listen, you better prepare yourself. You better work hard in the summer. You better do whatever you have to do because I'm going to give you every opportunity to win that position next year. So she, you know, she looked at me. She said, thank you. Okay, coach. You know, and I, and I followed her. She didn't play in the summer. I don't know what, how she worked out. Well, come next, next year, next, next uh, March, mm-hmm. this kid came into the program. This young kid came into the program. We had eight scrimmages. I started my senior, five of them. Um, I gave them both each a very easy game and both each a very hard game. And the writing was on the wall. Okay, you could see it. Everybody could see it, except their parents. So what happened was this kid, you know, didn't make, didn't become the starting pitcher. She was now as a senior a backup to a to a younger kid, but I got her plenty of playing time. And the parents kind of like went crazy, especially the dad. I received a call one day from the principal of Fairland High School to come on in before practice. I came in, she handed me a letter. There was a gentleman standing next to her who I didn't recognize, and it was a policeman, an undercover policeman. I got a letter, a death threat, telling me that I was going to die before my next birthday. Jeez. I laughed it off. I thought it was I thought it was a joke. I really did think it was a joke. And about four days later, we played one game in between there. The girl didn't get any pitching time. I put her in the outfield and got her some at bats. Yeah. I got another death letter saying my family was gonna die. I was escorted to and from practice every day until the end of the season, until we finally figured out who this person was. They put an undercover person on the, on the uh, recycling. Well, they went to his house, picked up his newspapers, and they were all cut out letters from his newspapers. So that's entitlement. This person thought that she was entitled. Her parents thought that she was entitled to be the starting pitcher because she was loyal to the program. Did they, it's um, not this the is, case. This, this is obviously, again, this is going back to the 90s, So clear, and this is obviously yep. uh, this is beyond just um, a sense of... It's uh, sick. Well, yeah, it's a, this is criminal behavior, but again, yeah. when you when you got these 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 letters or or the school got these letters, the the, the police officer asked you like, is there anybody that you think would want to do you harm? Yeah. And did you immediately yeah. say or figure out it might be the 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 father of this girl on my team? Is that what happened? 
Well, after the second letter came in, I knew exactly who it was, seriously, and I told them who he was, and that's when they put an undercover policeman on the recycling truck, went to his house, picked up all his newspapers from the previous weeks. They went through all the newspapers and found cut out. That's the, the letter was cut out letters from the newspaper. I got it. And got it. Just, like you, just like you see on TV. You know? Yeah. And they figured out who it was, and I decided, I knew the man, I knew that he was not really, uh, he, he was a wimp. And I knew that he would never come through with this, but they told me to always be careful of it. That's why they put a, a policeman on my games every single day, every practice. And the point was is that I confronted him later on, and I told him I knew exactly. And the reason that I didn't press charges against him is because I didn't want his daughter to ever know what happened. Well, that's my next so, question. Is I mean, the, so just to put this, to take this one step further, Jack, the the the, the, the girl who was still on the team, she had no idea this was going on at all, that she had... No, no, right. no, no. Okay. And Everybody wanted to know why there was a policeman at every game, but I just said that I only told the girls that I was having some personal problems that, you know, and nobody knew what the problems were at all. And the girl, I believe, never found out, but from what I gather, and don't quote me on this, I believe that the <laughs> husband and wife are now, are now divorced. Huh. So... Well, I mean, that's, uh, that's, so, an, that's an extreme That's entitlement. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a, that's a bit of an extreme example, to be sure. And, and, and uh, well, thankfully, nothing, nothing, uh, you know, uh, un, uh, nothing violent took place. No. But, um, you know, you wonder if, if um, and I'm, I'm, I hate to say this, but I have a feeling this probably kind of thing probably happens a lot. And, and you know, the, the thing is that at least the, the people in Fairlawn, the, the school was smart enough to say, we better step in right away and, and bring in oh, the... Oh, they, they did. Well, and, you know, and, you know, Rick, I'm going to tell you something. We as people are the ones who create the entitlement. You know, Ed was talking about the portal, um, the transfer portal. Let me yep. ask a question to all coaches. If somebody went into the transfer portal and they and you thought they were going to help your program, would you not go get them? I mean, yeah. seriously, that's that's initiating entitlement, you know, by allowing that. To, I mean, I know the NCAA is allowing the, the transfer portal. We just took a girl that transferred to us because she went into the transfer portal. We didn't go after her. She came after us. And, you know. I told you this story. She she witnessed a, a murder on her, in her dorm in Pennsylvania. Oh yes, yes. Automatically yes. transferred, you know. So she went into. She had to go into the transfer portal, and she did. But she came after us. She called us. I had recruited that girl when I found out that she was going to a school in Pennsylvania. I just backed away. Yeah. I didn't want to pursue it. I, so, but they came to us after that incident happened. So well, the, the point is, is that entitlement is created by us. So yeah, I, I, I think that. that's that's what happens because we seem to sort of we're so when you read the headlines uh, at, at the professional level and you see you know top yep. athletes saying I, I demand this I demand that I want this I want it my way I want to have an input as to who the coaches are uh, this all begins to sort of filter down in, in other in other ways and, and the kids today see all this and so they think well the coach is not so much somebody who should be in effect a um, you know, a father or a mother figure, uh, somebody I'm trying right. to please or, or to impress, but the coach is somebody that basically needs to accommodate what I want to do with my sports career, that the coach is more yeah. of a conduit. And, of course, with travel and club teams, where obviously the parents are paying the coaches, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to coach the kids, then obviously it's, it's the coach, the parents think, I have every 
every right to to get into the coach's face and demand how come my kids playing a different position or not getting more playing time or how come my kids not being uh, you know uh, show in more showcases to college coaches that's that's parental entitlement because most coaches well, say well you know yeah you're paying you have your kid in the team but you can't demand what's going to happen here but that happens it happens all the time that's one of and that's one of the problems, Rick, is that there's so many club teams that are not, you know, years ago, years ago, I'm talking about when you were offered a, tr- a club team, you had to try out for that team, yes. you know, and, yes. and back then they were picking the best players. Now I'm going to, and I said this before on the show, there are 80% of those teams that are out there that are in it for the money and the money only. And what they do is they'll take anybody, take your money, put you in front of people, play tournaments, never instruct, you know, and there are great programs out there that I, that I talked about in the past. And you know what? Those 20% are the ones you should be looking at, people, because those people, they do not give things away. You know, once – let me get off real quick. Let me just say one more thing. Yeah. Once again, the for parents to hear this, entitlement is somebody expecting something when they're not earning it. Right. All right? Yes. And that's what – you know, and the biggest in amateur sports is playing time. Seriously playing time. And there are other things. And, like, you gave great examples. And I said to you, I think, before that Sven Nader was that player that was behind Bill Walton. uh, Yes. And all he did was fill in for him for four years. That's the extreme opposite of entitlement. Yes. And he went on to a long career himself in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because – because Bill Walton, when he was asked who was the best center he ever played against, he said Sven Nader. Nobody knew the hell who he was. <laughs> that's, that's a true story. Jack, thank you as always for your, for your good you're, thoughts. You're more than welcome. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about entitlement and a lot of big issues here. I mean, we all we always have this debate about uh, it's the classic debate. Well, you know, our, should every kid get a get a trophy just for being on the team, regardless if they've earned it or whatever? We're talking at, at the very very young ages, but now we're at a point where not only kids today, you know, as they get a little older, they sort of said, well, not only am I entitled to get a trophy, I'm entitled to be on the All Star team too, because after all. You know, the parents are paying a lot of money for my kid to be in that travel or club team or, or whatever sport might be. It's just it's just where we are. All right, 877-337-6666. I'm eager to hear from you. When I return from this, uh, this commercial break, we'll go right back to your calls. Stay with me. Hey, friends, you, of course, a quick reminder, you can always uh, follow me on Twitter at AskCoachWolf, and you can go to AskCoachWolf.com where you can uh, reach out to me via email. Uh, a very quick programming note, uh, with the start of the uh, NFL season, there will be a new start time for Rick Wolf's Sports Edge in early September. It looks like it's going to be uh, on Sunday, September 11th. We will begin the show at 7 a.m. instead of our current 8 a.m. And then just keep that in mind. I'll remind you uh, for sure again next week as well. Uh, we're talking about entitlement and the, how this, this, this whole concept has basically begun to have a really negative effect and impact on our kids in terms of their expectations, in terms of uh, their accomplishments in sports and what they're entitled to. If anything, 877-337-6666. Let's go to, uh, to Vince, who's been waiting uh, patiently on, on hold. Vince uh, in Brooklyn, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, listen, um, a little while ago you were talking about Bill Walton and how uh, 
John Wooden told him that he had to cut his hair and everything to do yep. it. He wanted to keep on playing. It's the same concept as if you want to play for the Yankees, you can't have a beard or long hair play with the Yankees either. Right. Entitled to that? Yes or no. Um, let's also not confuse entitlement with also having the right to do what you want to do. Is there a difference in that? Thirdly, and my last thing, is that what are we teaching our kids by making them uh, by just letting them go all willy nilly and 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 think that they can do what they want to do, and that has to do a lot with society on a whole right now. I'm going to hang up. Thanks for taking my well, call. I'm going to chime in on that. Okay, Vince. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to say the, the the undercurrent of Coach Wooden, who of course is you know one of the great great coaches of all time. He did emphasize to his kids, uh, his players at UCLA, that you have to develop, as you go through the, the, the collegiate education process, develop your principles, you know, do what you want to do, decide, make key decisions about how you want to live your life. Coach Wooden saw that as being part of, of being an educator. But he also understood that if you make your decisions, as, as Bill did, about having long hair and, and a beard, you have to understand that you can live, you know, with your decisions, but you have to, have to accept the consequences. And that's that's the key here with the Coach Wooden story, that you can have long hair and you can have a beard, you just can't play in the basketball team here at UCLA. And, and to Vince's point, yeah, this is, this is obviously a social issue. It, it's a big issue. It has to do with how we raise our children and at what point we feel they're entitled to do certain things in life. And also puts a, a spotlight on, on how basically parents treat coaches uh, because if the kid is uh, under the impression, as I said before, that the coach is to be seen as nothing more than a uh, conduit uh, to helping to get the kid to the next level in sports, that's the wrong approach. The coach needs to be respected in much the same way as any teacher is respected. The coach is the coach is the coach. It's not to say that the, that the youngster can't go to the, uh, the coach and ask for explanation or talk things through and that kind of thing, as just as Bill Walton did with Coach Wooden. But I'm not sure we see that as much as we used to. Nowadays, the kid feels that he's, he or she's not getting enough playing time. Then, obviously, it goes to the parents who then either bypass the coach or go to the high school athletic director, or they transfer the kid to a different travel team. These are all the, the telltale signs of, of concerns about uh, entitlement. All right, let's move on. Let's go to, uh, to Woodlawn, where Jared is uh, standing by. Hey, Jared, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much, Coach, for taking my call. I really appreciate um, being on this morning and honored and happy to have followed the uh, great Jack Smith because um, I agree with both of you guys uh, when it comes to the essence of entitlement, but with a few caveats. I feel that um, every person, child, collegiate athlete, uh, grown-up NBA player, has the right uh, to feel entitled but it has to do with authority and management to rein that in. Um, if I want to grow a beard, have long hair, as Bill Walton did, it's my thought process that I'm entitled to do that, freedom, so on and so forth. But it's up to the people above me to say, no, that's not okay. And this also goes back to, I believe, the way parents and children, uh, high school kids, um, 
you've been talking about it over the past few months, the despicable behavior mm-hmm. that's been uh, taking place. Uh, this goes from the top down. This goes from Kevin Durant. This goes from going to a baseball game with your father or mother or, your, or, or you know, your guardian and hearing the cursing and hearing the way grown-ups would berate referees, umpires, so on and so forth. Right. And, you know, the sense of entitlement and the sense of um, acting in a certain way is not born into you. It's learned. And, you know, give an inch, take a mile, in my opinion, is where the sense of entitlement lies, as well as the sense of bad behavior being uh, permitted and accepted basically nationwide. And I'd like to get your feelings on both, if that would be okay with you, sir. Sure, Jared. Uh, let's let's start with the first concept. You talked about, uh, again, you know, kids feel a sense of entitlement. Um, and, of course, everybody talks about the Yankees and their policy about uh, facial hair. Okay. Um, let's take a, a kind of a sillier example. Uh, you're, it has nothing to do with sports, but you get a job, and you're excited about working in your new company, and on you, your first day, uh, you, you show up at the office, and you haven't, it's a hot day, so you're wearing shorts. And your, your boss comes to you and says, you know, we have sort of a standard company policy that you can't wear shorts to the office. You have to wear trousers. And uh, you know, might say, well, it's hot out. I feel like I'm entitled, and um, nobody mentioned this to me. You go, well, that's our rule here, and if you feel such that um, yeah, you can't wear trousers, I'm afraid we'll have to let you go. We're just not going to make any, uh, any changes in our policy. That's the same that the Yankees do. They say you can come play for the Yankees, but if you have a beard or long hair, you're going to have to shave it. That's how it is. Simple as that. As far as the parents and, and uh, you know, concerns uh, we talked about endlessly about parents being obnoxious at games and, and using profanity, verbally abusing referees, umpires, whoever it might be, until somebody somewhere says, that's it, that's got to stop. And that might be the, the uh, high school athletic director. That might be a security uh, person there uh, who's overseeing the game. Until, as I've said this over and over again, until somebody says, that's it, uh, it might be the umpire, the referee in the field, says, that's it, this game has stopped until that person leaves the field entirely and is banned, it's just going to continue because nobody seems to have the guts or the courage to put, basically said, no, you're not entitled to that kind of obnoxious behavior. And I, I, I know a lot of ADs, a lot of coaches feel uh, this is the way to go. But again, it, it, it always sort of seems to roll down to a situation where the parents feel that they're entitled somehow to, I guess they feel that they're protecting their kids' best interests because they feel the umpire, you know, made a bad call or the ref made a bad call. Who knows why the parents do this, but it's, it's just, it just, it has to stop. As simple as that. Let's continue with our, our excellent calls this morning. Let's go to uh, let's go up to uh, to Westchester County and Dave. Dave, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey Rick. Uh, this is the hey Rick. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I yeah. love this show. You made my morning. Heading good. into work. Once I moved into my small little town in Westchester, I call it Entitlement Town. When I gave my kid a participation medal, I told my and I'm away from the Bronx. I'm a boys' club product. You know what? When you worked hard, you played. That yeah. was part of the deal. I said, we're in trouble. We're, we're in trouble. Because they give it. Just give the kid a cupcake. And you know what? Work hard. But what happens is, and I suggested is, I've, I've been in, my kids has been involved in sports. My kids play D1 basketball, baseball. I always said, listen, <laughs> you know, don't even let the parents go to the game. 
Put it on the internet. You know what? Because every parent is in the is in the umpire's face, in the coach's face. And I'm, you, you can notice all the I'm a former player. I played in Iowa. Most of the parents that stay away from the dugout, stay in the outfield alone, they're like they don't want to hear all all the noise. Right. You know, and everybody has to know umpires can have facial hair. It's a proven fact that hair is distracting. Hair psychologically, hair. The players have said about I mean, uh, uh, Noah Sittinger, his hair. It was distracting. That you know, there's a lot of reasons why IBM. I tell you a quick story. IBM, the, the, the CEO of IBM, gets into an elevator in the '60s, right? Yeah. He sees a guy with like a flowery shirt, jeans, sandals, and they go, "Who is this guy?" He goes, oh, "Actually, a top salesman." The next day, everybody has a white shirt on, slacks, and a tie. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 you know, I'm a Colonel Hayes product, so you know my background, you know, Mister Murray, and, and everything like that. So, what are your thoughts about? I mean, I think the portal's a good idea. It kind of improves programs. Because you know the recruiting game is an ugly game. A lot of coaches sell, you're going to be my, my starting point guard. You're going to be my uh, – so a lot of times it's a good thing and a bad thing. But the NCAA, they're doing all these things, and you know, so they don't go out of business. Well, that, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Dave. And I, I, I don't want to clog up lines. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah, look, the transfer portal is obviously was uh, – and we talked about this many times on the air. This is a tremendous upheaval. With the NCAA, and yes, as Dave points out, we all said the same thing. The NCAA is trying to find a way to make them save, make save themselves, and make them relevant because obviously the conferences are basically, you know, doing bigger and more independent things outside the NCAA. But again, you know, if it, if you want to basically feel like, well, I'm entitled to go someplace else, yeah, you're entitled to transfer colleges. But and the coaches, uh, as as Jack Smith was talking about, he said, you know, you have to understand that that um, the promises are going to be made to kids who want to hear these things. They want to hear about more playing time and this and that, whatever, more a bigger schedule, more of a more of a national spotlight. Are kids entitled to that? Yeah, I guess they are, but at what price? Uh, I, you know, it's it's complicated. That's for darn sure. But somebody has to be watching over this. And quite frankly, NCAA. They said they're having a hard time trying to figure out how to control the the, uh, the transfer portal. That comes as no surprise. Let's go to uh, Rob Freed out uh, on Long Island. Rob, I know you've been waiting patiently to get on the air this morning. Let's talk about your points yeah, no, of view all this I stuff. I want to tell you something. First of all, I'm kind of missing the boat here. I'm hearing a lot of people talking about, you know, the NCA and all of that stuff. And this is – I want to go into the kids' aspect of what you opened up the show. Number okay. one, I want to – watching the Hawaii uh, – uh, you know, baseball team, they're just tremendous. Mass yeah, they, they kids, are good, aren't they? Yeah. they you know, the Massapequa kids, they came back, they, they you know, they, they, they made a showing over there, they did the best, and they just, you just see the class of the Little League, what this Hawaii team, you know, is, is going to, they're going to play, I guess, in the championship game today. Yep. But, you know, I'm listening to Jack, and Jack is the extreme story, and, but it's a great story that he brought up because it just shows how, how, you know, entitlement and parents think, you know, their, their thought process, but, Getting to the kids, number one, you know, we talk about, like, Little League. I think it's a perfect example for all of this. These kids in Massapequa, now they went over there. They were basically a travel team. These were young kids, 10 to 12 years old, the best in their Little League. They, they were recruited by that organization in the Massapequa area, and they played as a team, as all of these kids did. So when we talk about entitlement, you know, and, and giving away participation trophies, I'm, I want to go into the youth. Because when we talk about the NCAA and the professional athletes, very, very different. And this is what I think 
separates your show from every every other show on, on this station. And I follow you at three in the morning if you if you were on, Rick, because that that's how important I feel this show is. Participation. I believe as far as young kids when they're introduced to a sport, whatever sport it is, you want to give out a, a, a ribbon. You want to give out some type of trophy at a very young age. Yes, but being part of a team. To me, that is, that is your trophy. Having that experience, a lifetime experience. For me, the greatest experience, being in, in college, participating on, on a track team, that to me meant so much. It wasn't about getting, getting, getting a medal if I, if I placed it in, in, in an event. I'll leave you with the last story. As, as a college athlete, which is far different, because when you get to that level, it, it's very, very different than being as a youth athlete, okay? When I ran my first Boston Marathon, I had to run a two-hour and 50-minute mar- marathon, which is a 6.30 mile. That was my trophy. I proved I belonged there. And when I crossed the finish line, the BAA handed me a bowl of stew. I brought this up. Some <laughs> metal, a bowl of stew. That's what they used to give out back in the day, Rick. It was about getting to that level. And I think the parents... I think it's it, it, when you say entitlement, you know, participation trophies at a very early age, yes, Rick, are good. But I think it comes from within. It teaches laziness. When, when, when a kid gets a trophy, they don't understand what it is to, to give that extra effort. It comes from within, Rick. And I think by giving all this entitlement, it, it, it is ruining the kid's future in sports because it's so important. We talk about this all the time, every week. This is for life what these kids get an opportunity and that's why your show is so important and and i I, I hit a lot of different areas but i think we must stay more with the young kids which is what you were talking about today not so much about the pros that's a whole different aspect and that's for the other hosts and thank you for letting me vent hey hey, thanks rob Uh, obviously some good some good comments there and some good comments and observations and you know, just uh, with this entitlement issue, one of the things that we didn't talk about on the show this morning, and this is why I think it sort of steamrolls as it does, is that if if, if you are a, a parent of a young kid who is trying to get ahead and, and play sports and become uh, develop their, their skills and talents, and you see perhaps um, you know, on, you know, at a game that one of the other parents is trying to get a leg up in terms of their kid and entitlement, it obviously sort of steamrolls. Now you start feeling like, well, I got to keep up with that parent, keep up with the Joneses, because I don't want my kid to be left out of all these other entitlements as well. And, and that's where it all sort of goes. That's a real concern, and that's where they have to sort of nip it in the butt. As simple as that. Okay. My thanks this morning to Brian Rascona, Mark Malusas. He comes along in a few minutes here on the fan after the update. I'll see you next Sunday on Rick Wolf Sports Edge at AM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.